in the modern day parlance, we're clearing our caches. Well, once again, the world is about to be destroyed by a very diabolical. And once again, the wonderful white-winged warrior isn't around, because at the moment he's flying across the Atlantic Ocean, of all places, and can't be reached. And therefore, in a desperate effort to find help during this crisis, the commissioner of police turns to the only other person big enough for the job. Hello, this is the masked mother speaking. Yes, this is Miss Helfinger, maternal marauder. Oh, goodness, how are you, darling? Fine, I'm calling for the commissioner. He's not here. The, thank you. The commissioner says... Darling, we must have lunch together soon. Yes. I have found the most adorable little restaurant with the most darling little dress shop next to it. Very nice. The commissioner said to tell you that the world is about to be destroyed by a very diabolical... Oh, please don't talk about things like that. I'm sorry. That means there will be looting and pillaging and plundering... Tell me all about it. Well, the commissioner would like you to come over right away and help save it. Save what? The world. Me? Save the world? That's the idea. Oh, I couldn't. I simply couldn't. Well, I'm sorry, but oh, we really... one thing, my hair isn't even set. Well, I don't really... And I don't have it... a thing to wear. Gracious me. It really doesn't matter. But I do need a new support foundation. The maternal marauder is just that we're not able to reach your son, the winged warrior. He's somewhere over the Atlantic right now. He's really just fine. How do you know that? He expects to be in Paris by April. Well, how do you know that? Well, I missed my big bird boy, and I simply couldn't resist calling him last night. You called him? Of course. I was happy to hear his voice. But a telephone call to the Atlantic is so expensive. How could you make a telephone call to the Atlantic Ocean? Well, I took the big finger beside my thumb and placed it in the tiny holes where I saw numbers. Maternal marauder, would we be able to call the winged warrior? Why, yes, even a child can do it. Tell the commissioner to take his big finger. Do you have his number? Simply dial O, my dear, and ask for the Atlantic. All right, I'll give it a try. Oh, and Miss Hellbringer. Yes. After you tell him about all the looting and pillaging and plundering... Yes. Tell him Sadie Lechner sends her love and a big kiss. Okay, I'll do that. Oh, that's my good friend, Emma Lechner's only daughter. I know, I know. And if you'll subtly mention that she's still attractive, unmarried, and single, I'd appreciate it. Right. Thank you. Wow. So you can dial O and ask for the Atlantic. And of a Sunday night, it's probably not too expensive. Well, the world is about to be destroyed once again by a very diabolical. And once again, the police commissioner of Midland City turns to the only man who can save it. Operator, I'd like to have the Atlantic Ocean, please. Yes, an emergency call to the Atlantic Ocean. No, I don't know the area code. For the winged warrior is using his two weeks of vacation in an attempt to become the first man to fly the great ocean. Yes, I'd like to make it person to person for Chicken Man. That's C-H. I don't know who he is, but I do know this. Later, Commissioner. Yes. I'm sorry, Operator, I didn't hear that. What? Did you ask, will we pay for the charges? No, we won't. No, we won't. That's right. Make it collect. And seconds later, somewhere out over the Atlantic. Uh, hello, Atlantic Ocean. I have a collect call from Midland City for Chicken Man. That's C-H-I... Uh, this is Chicken Man speaking. Will you accept the charges? Uh, what's that? Will you accept the charges? Is this my mother calling again? Midland City? The Atlantic Ocean would like to know if its mother's calling. Tell the Atlantic Ocean this is the office of the police commissioner. Is the Atlantic Ocean in some kind of trouble? Never mind. Just give the message. Okay. 
Hello, Atlantic Ocean. Uh, yes, right here. Your call is from the offices of police commissioner. Oh, well, uh, in that case... Will you accept the charges? Uh... Operator, will you please tell the Atlantic Ocean it's a matter of life and death? No kidding. And that the world is about to be destroyed by a very diabolical... Does that mean they'll be looting and pillaging? Yes, that's right. Hello, Atlantic Ocean. Uh, yes, right here. Hey, you got a swell telephone call here. You want to take it? Is that right? Yeah, there's going to be looting and pillaging. Operator. Now I've talked to the Atlantic. Forget about making a collect. We'll pay for it. Uh, we won't pay for it. Operator. Yes, go ahead, plundering. I mean, Midland City. Would you tell the Atlantic to accept, and I'll pay him when he gets back out of my lunch money? I accept that call, operator. Oh, good. Uh, hello? This is Miss Hellfinger, winged warrior. Hey, does anybody mind if I listen No, in? go right ahead. Okay, yeah, sure. Well, thanks to the electronic know-how of a united free America, Chicken Man has been contacted at last. Say. The charges for this call will of necessity be substantial. So I noticed we moved the whole desk area where you're the table. She's doing synthesizers on a table, a card table, as we used to say. It's square. So yeah. when people played cards... You have to they be all square. had an even amount of space around them. It was fair. Everything about the card table was fair. Anyway, she's got a couple cents sitting there, and it's facing in an interesting way. But then we did move her vocal mic. Hi. You can say hi. Yeah, Your mic's I'm up. going to do that. Yeah, but we, <laughs> I still can't see her. We're facing the wrong way. Well, do we need to really see? We're on the radio, so I know. All we but need it's to like do the is puppets, you know. Get on with this the is show. all the best part of it is the things you can't see, but you know. Well, we've already assaulted them with Chicken Man, so yeah, I know. That well, so the irrelevance will continue. And yet they come back. Hey, they is <laughs> and and them. they is us. Greetings, radio listeners. Yes, you just heard Chicken Man while we were. Getting our ear earplugs in, our hearing aids, and now it's time for the oob. That's UB Radio Salon. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome. Even if it's not, welcome. You are our heading in. We are all heading into two hours of experimental frequencies performed live. We do this every week, sometimes with guests joining us, always from the Chakra Chimp Research Kitchens of Northern California land. Not always, but Okay, no, lately. that's true. Lately. <sighs> lately. I know. No complaint show. Da, da, da. We're not complaining. No, 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 no. And we have no guests this evening. It is our 763rd week here, broadcasting live on DFM Radio Television International, dfm.nu. And you can join us on the live chat, live radio chat community. There are links on the dfm.nu page. I think I've said everything I need to say. And we Are thank you, you sure? for now. Are and we you sure? I'm pretty sure for now. Oh, I don't know. Das, das has a new gizmo. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. 
It's a bright, shiny toy that yeah, arrived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you using it this evening? No, oh. I'm not. No. Okay. I threw it in the river and made a prayer. Okay, that's better. And now I have two of them. Maybe that'll work to it, benefit it the bred, whole of it humanity. Bred, and each one of them has little tentacles, and they're so cute. And we now begin our scheduled broadcast.
So then, the whole conception of nature is as a self-regulating, self-governing, indeed democratic organism. But it has a totality. It all goes together, and this totality is the Tao. When we speak here in Taoism of following the course of nature, following the way, what it means is, is more like this. Doing things in accordance with the grain. It doesn't mean you don't cut wood, but it means that you cut wood along the lines where wood is most easy to cut. And you interact with other people along lines which are the most uh, genial. And this then is the great fundamental principle which is called uh, Wu Wei. Not to force anything. I think that's the best often called not doing, not acting, not interfering, but not to force, seems to me to hit the nail on the head. Like don't ever force a lock while you bend the key or break the lock, you jiggle until it revolves. So Wu Wei is always to act in accordance with the pattern of things as they exist. Don't impose on any situation a kind of interference that is not really in accordance with the situation. It would be better to do nothing than to interfere without knowing the system of relations that exists. It's terribly important then to have this feeling of the interdependence of every form of life upon every other form of life. Uh, how we, for example, cultivate animals that we eat look after them, build them up, and see that they breed in reasonable quantities. We don't do it too well, as a matter of fact, especially uh, troubles are arising about the supplies of fish in the ocean, all sorts of things. But you have to see that life, that the, the so-called conflict of various species with each other is not actually a competition. It's a very strange system of interrelationship, of things feeding on each other and cultivating each other at the same time. The idea of the friendly enemy, the necessary adversary, who is part of you. You have conflicts going on in your own body. All kinds of microorganisms are eating each other up. And if that wasn't happening, you wouldn't be healthy. So all those interrelationships, whether they appear to be friendly relationships as between bees and flowers, or conflicting relationships as between birds and worms, they are actually forms of cooperation. And that is mutual arising. You have to understand this as the basis. Apply this, not forcing anything, and you get spontaneity. A life which is so of itself, which is natural, which is not forced, which is not unduly self-conscious. Now, a 
another term that is important, although I'm not aware that this word occurs in Lao Tzu's book. Uh, it's found in greater use at a much later time in Chinese thought, um, in a philosophy that is called Neo-Confucian. And it's also used in Buddhism. But it is a very useful word for understanding uh, the sort of order that all this constitutes. It's the word Li. And this means originally the markings in jade or perhaps the grain in wood or the fiber in muscle. Uh, it is translated nowadays in most dictionaries as reason or principle. But this isn't a very good translation. Joseph Needham suggested that organic pattern was an ideal translation of this word. And so in the same way the foam patterns, the rock patterns, the patterns of the meditation uh, are at once extraordinarily orderly, but they don't have an obvious order. Nobody can ever pin it down, that's what I'd like to say. You know that there is order there, there's something quite different from a mess, but there's no way of really getting it. Now, in order to be able to paint that sort of way, or to live that sort of way, or to deliver justice that way, uh, if you were a judge, you have to have it innately. You have to have an essential sense of me. And, uh, there's no way of prescribing it. This is the very devil who teaches us. Because you see, all our universities and schools are trying to teach creativity. That's the great thing he said. You know, and you hear the excellent, uh, all sorts of people are giving courses and workshops in creativity. Now, the trouble is this. If we found out a method whereby we could teach creativity, and everybody could just explain how it was done, it would no longer be of interest. What always is an essential element in the creative is the mysterious. And so, uh, uh, again and again in Taoist literature, you will find this character, Shuan, uh, which means the deep, dark, it's like the black in lacquer, the impenetrable and yet the, the profound depth out of which glorious things come but nobody can see why. This very much goes together with Tao. <coughs> when um, there's a place in the Lao Tzu book where he says that the spirit of the valley never dies, or well, the spirit of the valley the deep ravine is this. There's a poem which says that when the bird calls, the mountain becomes more mysterious. You imagine, for example, you're in a mountain valley and everything is very silent. Suddenly a crow squawks somewhere. You don't know where that crow is. A little sound emphasizes the silence. 
silence becomes deeper and deeper. For this word uses for the kind of mysteriousness which that verse call creates. So these two words together are used in Japanese. Uh, the expression yugen. And yugen is a quality uh, which the poet Soami, who's a great uh, artist of the no plays, said, uh, Yugen is to watch wild geese flying and be hidden in a car, to watch ships sailing in the distance and disappear behind a far-off island, to wander on and on in a great forest without Now, all those things have in them, you see, an element of mystery. There's a Chinese poem which puts it this way. It is a poem written by a man who has gone to find a sage in the mountains. And uh, the sage has a little hut at the foot of the mountain and a boy there who is his servant. I asked the boy beneath the pines. He said the master's gone alone, herb gathering somewhere on the mountain, cloud hidden whereabouts unknown. And this also creates the mood of Yugen. The, the, the hermit, you see, is a, is a kind of Yugen personality. He's a very valuable person and a very wise person, but nobody knows where he is. And ever so many Chinese poets are concerned with the life of hermits seeking after hermits and the wonder of hermits who totally disappear altogether. <laughs> That's a funny idea of the deep and the dark. The thing that is important just because you can't quite understand. Now, to Westerners, all that tends to sound rather hopeless. You say, if, we, if you can't tell us how it's done, uh, well, what's the use? And that, you see, is because we have insufficient trust in ourselves. We think that we'll never be able to do certain things unless we have instructions as to how to do it. This comes, of course, partly from our toilet training.
this doctrine of the void is really the basis of the whole Mahayana movement in Buddhism. It's marvelous. The void, of course, is in Buddhist imagery symbolized by a mirror because a mirror has no color and yet reflects all colors. When this man I talked to you of, Huenang, said that you uh, shouldn't just try to cultivate a blank mind, what he said was this. <coughs> the void, Shunyata, is like space. Now space contains everything. The mountains, the oceans, the stars, the good people and the bad people, the plants, the animals, everything. Now the, the mind in us, the true mind, is like that. You will find that when Buddhists use the word mind, they have several words for mind, but I'm not going into the technicality at the moment. They mean space. See, space is your mind. It's very difficult for us to see that because we think we're in space and look out at it. There are various kinds of space. There's visual space, distance. There is audible space, silence. There is temporal space, as we say, between times. There is musical space, so-called distance between intervals, or the intervals between tones, rather. Quite a different kind of space than temporal or visual space. There's tangible space. But all these spaces, you see, are the mind. They are the dimensions of consciousness. And so, this great space, which every one of us apprehends from a slightly different point of view, in which the universe moves, this is the mind. So, it's represented by a mirror. Because although the mirror has no color, it is for that reason able to receive all the different colors. Meister Eckhart said, in order to see color, my eye has to be free from color. So in the same way, in order not only to see, but also to hear, to think, to feel, you have to have an empty head. And the reason why you are not aware of your brain cells unless you're only aware of your brain cells if you get a tumor or something in the brain when it gets sick. But in the ordinary way, you're totally unconscious of your brain cells. They're void. And for that reason, you see everything else. So that's the central principle of the Mahayana. And it works in such a way, you see, that it releases people from the notion that Buddhism is clinging to the void. 
This was very important when Buddhism went into China. The Chinese really dug this because Chinese are a very practical people. And when they found these Hindu Buddhist monks trying to empty their minds and to sit perfectly still and not to engage in any family activities, they were celibates, Chinese thought they were crazy. Why do that? And so the Chinese reformed Buddhism. And they allowed uh, Buddhist priests to marry. And in fact, what they especially enjoyed was a sutra that came from India, in which a layman, who was a wealthy merchant called Vimalakirti, out-argued all the other disciples of Buddha. And of course, you know, if in these, these are these dialectic arguments that are very, very intense things. If you win the argument, everybody else has to be your disciple. <laughs> so Vimalakirti, the layman, won the debate, even with Manjusri, who is the Bodhisattva of supreme wisdom. They all had to see a contest to define the void. And all of them gave their definitions. Finally, Manjusri gave his. And Vimalakirti was asked then for his definition, and he said nothing. And so he won the whole argument. <laughs>
Jerry of the circus. All right, Hadley, here we are. Here's the car. Hop up. Okay. That's kind of a high step. Yeah, open the door and go right inside. Anybody in here? Yeah, I guess we're alone. This is a new one on me. What's that, Hadley? This car. Don't believe I've ever seen one just like this before. Yeah, these cars are special. They're built to order. You notice the bunks? They're three high. Got to have them that way to conserve space. Well, they're compact, all right. Now, where do we find Spike's bunk? Yeah, let me see. I think Murray said Spike was down at the end here. Now, come on. Yeah, the men keep the car nice and clean. You bet they do. They have to. We have enough room to be throwing things around. There's a place for everything, and if you'll notice, everything's in its place. Oh, oh, here's Spike's bunk. Yeah, have a look around. This stuff his? Yeah, yeah, that sweater and that little black valise. Well, we'll have a look in the bag first. Anything in it? No. No, nothing but a clean work shirt. How about that sweater there? Well, let's see. No, nothing in the pocket. Yeah, I don't think you're going to find anything, Hadley. Oh, wait, let me examine this bunk. Oh. What is it, Hadley? Why, oh, this mattress. Well, what about it? Well, it's been cut or torn here on the side. Say, this might be something. Why, you don't think for one minute that's Now, wait quite... a minute. I'll put my hand in this mattress a little farther. There's something in there? Yeah, it feels like... Say. What is it? What is it, Hadley? Now, wait, wait till I get it out. It feels like money. What? There. Yes, sir, that's what it is. But, but is it counterfeit? Well, let's have a look at these numbers. Hmm. Is it? Yep, you bet it is. Oh. I've got the man we've been looking for now. This is enough bad money to send him back to prison for a long, long time. Uh, I would have sworn Spike didn't have anything to do with this mess. Well, here's the evidence, Mr. Randall. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's all there is to it. It's a shame, too. I had a feeling Spike would have turned out to be a valuable man with the circus. Where do you figure he'd be about this time? Uh, let's see what time it is. Oh, it's just about time for the flag to be going up for supper. Should be going over to the mess top about now to take on some food. Well, let's get over there, then. You, uh... You're going to pick him up right now? Might as well get it over with. Mm -hmm. Well, come on, then. What's the matter? What are you so quiet about? Oh, I... I just can't understand why Spike would do a thing like this. Go ahead, Mr. Randall. Yeah. Oh, it's the same old story, Mr. Randall. Birds of a feather. Oh, what do you mean by that? Prison? Exactly. A constant association with men like... Well, like his cellmate, Tonetti, who naturally made a criminal out of him. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's too bad. By the time he gets out of jail for this offense, he'll be an old man and not much use to the world. You go this way? Yeah, right over there. We'll walk along that path, and uh, it'll take us right to the mess top at the end of the lot. I don't like to brag, Mr. Randall, but it looks like I've got the right man spotted. Well, I'd, I'd have bet anything on Spike's honesty. There's just something about him that, well... As I said before, it's hard for me to believe this. Well, you saw me pull this counterfeit money out of his mattress. Oh, yes, yes, I know, I know. He'll get a fair trial, all right. When it's over, he'll be on his way to prison again. Yes, but now you'll have to find out where he got this bad money to pass. <laughs> I'll get that out of him, all right. Oh, oh, look. Isn't that Spike coming his way? Where? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's him, all right. Now, uh, how are you going to do this? He won't try to make a getaway. Oh, I know that, but uh, I was just wondering if we couldn't do it some way so the rest of the troop wouldn't know about it. No use making a big issue of it if we can help it. I see what you mean. Well, how about waiting here by the side of the tent and calling him over? He doesn't suspect anything yet. Well, yes, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll call him as he comes by. I'll try to be quick about it. I don't think any of the folks will notice what we're doing. Yeah. 
Well, here he comes, poor fella. Oh, I hate to do this, but the law has to take its course. That's the way to look at it, Mr. Randall. Now, go ahead and call him. All right. Spike! Oh, Spike! Hello, Mr. Randall. Uh, come here a minute. I, I want to talk to you. If he doesn't suspect anything, he's coming right over. Yeah. Oh, yes, Mr. Randall. Oh, uh, hello, Hadley. Hello, Spike. Yeah, got a couple of minutes to spare? Uh, sure. Uh, just going into supper. Got plenty of time, though. So what'd you want? I wanted you, Spike. I want to tell you something, but I, I don't want you to let anyone else in on it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's shake hands on that. All right. Hey, hey, what's the idea of the handcuffs? You're under arrest. Oh, for what? I haven't done anything. I'm sorry about this, Spike. Oh, what's it all about, Mr. Randall? You're under arrest for passing counterfeit money. Me? For... Was it... Say, there must be some mistake. No, there's no mistake, Spike. Now, come on, let's get going. But I don't know what you're talking about. Honest, I don't. Playing dumb, huh? Okay, Spike, okay. Come along. We'll talk this over down at police headquarters. Well, Mr. Randall, can't you tell me what this is all about? Really, I... I I'm, I'm sorry, Spike. It's out of my hands. I've, I have nothing to do with it. I'll be back to see you later, Mr. Randall. All right, Hadley. Mr. Randall. Mr. Randall, what's the matter? Why, why, nothing, Jerry. Why? Well, I saw Mr. Hadley put those handcuffs on Spike. What's wrong? Please tell me. Well, what's up, Sam? Well, I, I guess you'll find out sooner or later, so I may as well tell you now. Spike's been arrested for passing counterfeit money. Oh, no. Yep, Jerry. I didn't want to believe it either, but Hadley has the evidence. Oh, say, Sam, this is bad. No, it's not so good, Bumps. Not so good. But I, I don't believe it. Spike never passed any counterfeit money. He, he just couldn't do anything like that. You were right about Spike the other time, but I'm afraid you're wrong this time, Jerry. No, I'm not. I know Spike didn't do it. Now, Jerry, Spike spent a counterfeit $10 bill when you were with him this morning. When he bought his new jacket and cap and shoes. He didn't. He didn't, I tell oh, you. Oh, no, Jerry. I I know how you feel about Spike, Jerry, but Hadley checked on the bill and found it was bad. But maybe Spike didn't know it. Uh, I thought of that possibility, too, but there's more to it. Hmm? Well, what is it, Sam? Hadley and I just came from Spike's bunk over in the car, and Hadley found a whole package of counterfeit bills hidden in his mattress. Oh, no. Yes, he did, Jerry. I was with him and saw the bills when he found them in the mattress. Oh, what right is Mr. Hadley looking through Spike's things? Mr. Hadley is a detective, Jerry. What? Yep. That's why he joined up with us, to find out why the circus was leaving a trail of counterfeit money. Oh, Jiminy. Uh, it's pretty hard for you to believe this about Spike, isn't it? I don't believe it. There's something funny about it, I tell you. Now, listen to me, son. Everything in the world points against Spike. His cellmate in prison was a counterfeiter, and there's little doubt but what they worked out a deal together. Finding the bad bills hidden in his mattress is all the proof the police will need. Then you believe he's guilty, too? I have to, Jerry, as much as I dislike it. There's too much evidence against him. Now, you run along and have your supper. I, I've got to get back to the office wagon. I don't want any supper. Oh, now, Jerry. I want to see Spike and have a talk with oh, him. Oh, you can't do that now. You've got to eat and then get ready for the show. You're a performer now, Jerry. You've got to do your show regardless. Yes, yes, Jerry. You helped Spike once before and... Now, if he was foolish enough to get into trouble again, he'll have to get out of it the best way he can or take his medicine. Bumps, I want you to promise me something. Well, what is it? I want you to promise me you'll take me down to the jail after the show tonight. I've just got to see Spike before we leave this town. Well, that's okay, Bumps. Uh, let him go down and have a talk with Spike if he wants to. Then, I, well, he'll feel better about it. Well, all right, Jerry. We'll go down and see if we can get to talk to him. But come on now and let's get our supper. We'll go down to the jail before we go up the railroad station. I don't know now. It's after visiting hours, and I really shouldn't break the rule. Please, mister. We're leaving town in just a little while, and 
This will be my only chance to see him. Well, uh, we won't be long, officer. The boy just wants to talk to him for a couple of minutes. Well... Please. All right. Just for a couple of minutes now, mind you. Go right down through that door there. Thanks, mister. Just tell the guard I said it was okay. Okay. Gee, Bumps, I, I just know Spike is going to be able to prove he didn't know anything about that counterfeit money. Oh, but Jerry, now listen. Just a minute. Where are you two going? Oh, oh, well, the man at the desk said that we could see uh, Max Peters for a couple of minutes. Max Peters? Oh, yes. Uh, the fellow was uh, just booked this evening. Uh, he's right in that second cell there. Thanks. Now, you'll have to talk fast, Jerry. Oh, don't worry. I know just what I'm going to say. Jerry! Spike! Ah, oh, gee, Spike! Hello, Bump. Uh, hello, Spike. Hey, what's this all about, Spike? Please tell me. I wish I knew. What do you mean? Don't you? Well, all I know, Jerry, is that, that I was arrested for passing counterfeit money. But I didn't know that $10 bill was counterfeit. You, you're sure about that? Yeah, sure. I got that $10 bill from Belco for fixing his trunk. You did? Mm, but I, I'm not blaming Belco. He most likely got it somehow and changed and didn't know it was counterfeit either. Well, how about the package of bad bills that was found in your mattress? Well, the detectives told me that, too. I don't know anything about them. Honest, I don't. I thought they were just trying to trick me. No, there were some counterfeit bills hidden in your mattress. Mr. Randall saw them himself. Now, then I've been framed. Somebody put them there, Jerry. You believe me, don't you? I sure do, well, Spike. I don't like to say this, Spike, but Mr. Randall says your cellmate, uh, you know, when you were in prison, well, he was a counterfeiter. Well, I know it looks pretty bad, but I never had anything to do with that fella. I'll even admit that he, he made several propositions, but I, I wouldn't have any part of him. Who was he? I mean, your cellmate. Uh, his name was Tonetti. They called him Slippery Tonetti. Is he still in jail? No, he got out a couple of months before I did. Have uh, any idea where he might be? No, I don't, Terry. Well, what did he look like? Well, he was fairly tall and kind of heavy. Of course, his head was shaved, but well, he had bushy black eyebrows. I guess that's all I can tell you about him. Hey, what are you driving at, Jerry? Oh, I got some ideas. Say, is that all you can tell me about him? Yeah, Jerry, I'm afraid it is. Wait. Yeah? Let me look at my wallet here. He took almost everything out of it, but it might be here. What? Yeah, yeah here it is. Now, this picture here. This is a picture of the prison football team. Now, here, take it. Now, that's me, second from the end. And the fellow next to me is Tonetti, my cellmate. Jiminy, he's a big fellow, all right. Uh, honest, Jerry, I, I don't know what this is all about, really. Oh, I believe you, Spike. Well, uh, Jerry's pretty sure about your honesty, Spike. I think that's swell. If I was guilty, I'd admit it. Can I take this picture with me? Uh, sure, Jerry. Then, uh, don't you worry. I, I don't know how long it'll take me, but I won't give up until I clear this all up. Uh, time's up. Oh, all right, uh, we're coming. Goodbye, Spike. Goodbye, Jerry, and thanks. Uh, bye, Bum. Uh, so long, Spike. Don't be surprised if you're out of this jail in a few days. I'm going to do the very best detective work I ever did.
guess we've got time to have a whole discussion about rags and the Communist Party and fire setting and how it relates to nowadays. I don't know. Global warming and the Communist Party. I don't know. Welcome back, radio listener friends. You've just heard another episode of Jerry of the Circus, otherwise known as The Waiting Game, where we find out little bits of info every week just for a few minutes, and then we have to wait. It's just like real life. And this episode of Jerry was Hadley Arrest Spike you were paying attention. We won't take a poll. We all think Spike is innocent, right? Okay, well... You are still tuned to DFM, where currently you are listening to the OOB, that's UB Radio Salon. By the way, it's really nice that you all listen to our show. And again, if you are new to this broadcast, it is every week on DFM. And also, we archive every single show for years and years and years. You can go to the Internet Archive, or you could just go to our web hole. U-B-U-I-B-I dot org. And there's a whole radio section awaiting you your heart's content and you can even sign up for email announcements for this show for other shows that we do for other things we find out about and you can also subscribe sub sub subscribe subscribe to all that stuff yeah all the links are there we're also linked off the dfm broadcast schedule page if you get lost all right no special announcements do I have? Yeah, well, there will be some things happening. You know, we can't go to everything, but you can. Try. Just try. The things we know about, the things we like, the things we care about. Our friends, our fellow programmers out there on TFM are all on our oob, oob events portal. And if you find us on Discord, I try to keep up the happenings there. And that's pretty much it. So we're going to get back to some more live experimental frequencies on Uber Radio.
wondering. I was talking to my friend. That's right. Uh, you are Uncle Locky, right? That's right. Okay. We agree on that, don't we? Sure. Now, you live in Chatham, New Jersey, don't you? Right. Yes. A little ways from, uh, a little ways from Chicago, Illinois. Isn't that true? Oh, it's a long way. Yes. Near, you, near New York, isn't it? It's near New York. I know, since I was there, I ought to know. Well, sure, you should know. Well, naturally, I was just inquiring if you would move. No, no. Don't you think you better talk to somebody else? Okay, yeah, he can. Well, he has to go now, but he's going to get his wife. So we're going to have a few. So we're going to have a bit more fun. Just wait a minute, children. So, just wait a minute. Number. So...
So remember, just break them. Might as well have some music. Well, here you are. I was wanting. You're Aunt Catherine, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's good. Well, if you weren't, of course, I wouldn't want to talk yet. Well, as I asked your husband, you live in Chatham, New Jersey, in the same house, That's right? right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I was there, right? You were there about a year ago this coming week. That's right. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of fun, didn't we? We certainly did. Remember when we went out to Shangam, you went swimming? Yes. Mm -hmm. And? You remember the boys across the street, the Hausman boys? Yes. Mm -hmm. Remember when, and I remember when we had to do a bit of hiking to get a ball. That's right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, whose property was it? Well, I've forgotten. Do you remember? No. I was wondering if it was yours. I think probably it was. Next to yes. our house, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Well, then it was your property, and I had a lot of fun. Well, I'm awful glad. Can you come back and see us again sometime? I hope. Okay. I, I want to. No, I want to talk with Bob a minute. Okay. Okay, you wanted to turn this off because I'm finished. Tell this. Hello? Hello? Testing. Hello? from the floor of Congress. That's true.
Boohoo Live Radio in your face, in your ear holes. Wasn't that fun? Well, we'll be back here to do it all again in a different way next week on Uber Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. And big, thank, big thanks always to DFM. Keeping it on, keeping it all the time, 24-7. That's right, Uncle Locky. If you like what you're hearing, you can go to the broadcast schedule. You can also support DFM in many ways, more than just uh, funding, but they can always use that. So if you have some extra to give, there is a link on the DFM page. All right. Keep it tuned to the next show if there is one coming up live in your time zone. Otherwise, uh, there is always some great selections going. And as ever... Thanks to all of our guests out there who join us. Um, We'll actually be having more of those next month and some special surprises, which I can't tell you right now. All right. Thank you again. See you next week. Bye.